Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. You know, there's, there's no love like the love of a mother for her child. And, uh, you know, they, they share a bond with that child, a nine-month bond that, you know, few people can understand that haven't gone through it. And I'm not saying that I understand. But that, that bond is for life between a mother and a child. And I want to look at Mary this morning and take a look through her eyes. I want to show you a couple of verses and then uh, show you some, give you some points to ponder this morning. Look at uh, Luke chapter number 2, verse number 19. This is after the shepherds come, and we'll come back to this, but Luke, Luke 2, 19 says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And uh, you know, it's just one of those little phrases that has stuck with me throughout the years, and I said, one day I want to preach on that. But uh, look over in Luke chapter number 2, verse number 51. And this is after Jesus is a young man, and they, they're in Jerusalem, and they get two days' journey out. They get a few days' journey out, and they realize Jesus isn't with them, and they come back, and they look for him, and they find Jesus in the temple. And uh, verse 49, verse 48, she says, uh, it says, They were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold thy father. And I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And then verse 51, pay attention to it. And it says, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. And then the last part of the verse says, But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Let's pray. Amen. So the love of a mother, you know, and I've, uh, I've got a grandchild on the way, and one of the, one of the things Morgan asked for was a, a sprocket printer, which is, you know, in this day and age where you can take a picture everywhere you are, you know, out at, out at work I take pictures of wiring just so I can remember it. You know, I don't have to write. We used to write all that down. I would just take a picture. But uh, in this day and age of digital pictures, Morgan wanted a little, it's a little printer so that she could print out pictures, you know. And uh, what mother among you doesn't have pictures of the baby, pictures of the first bath, pictures of first day of school, going all down through that child's history, you know, keeping a scrapbook, and a mother that loves her child and that wants to be a part of their life and, and to keep track of them. And you look back on those memories of things. I'm not turning this into a Mother's Day sermon, so don't get nervous on me. Because Mary, as she saw these things taking place, the Christmas story, we know about the shepherds, we're going to come back to that. But there were some other things that she saw and some people that talked to her along the way. And it said Mary pondered these things in her heart. In uh Luke chapter 2, the first one says, Mary kept all these things and pondered them 
in her heart. And the other one says, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Look over at Luke chapter number one. One of the first things that happened to Mary when this happened, before she knew anything that was going to happen, an angel came to her. And verse number Verse number 26, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God, was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there should be no end. And then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest, and thus God, shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And then the story goes on. But when we... Look at this today, some points to ponder in Mary's life. Number one is that Jesus is the son of the highest. And number two, Jesus as the savior. And number three, Jesus as the servant. So the angel of the Lord comes to Mary and tells her that she's going to conceive. When we see Jesus as the son of the highest, we... Mary carries Jesus in her womb for nine months, that bond that takes place. We, uh, they share everything. They share hunger. They might share a little pain. They, one of the things they share is joy. Look at uh, verse 39. It says, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. That's her cousin. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the Lord of my mother should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy, and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told of her. That that child within Mary's womb, we we see the baby Jesus in the nativity scene, and it's so easy to get caught up in that. And I've, I've heard it disrespect, oh, I like the baby Jesus, you know. But when we see that child, it's so much more than just a child in the nativity. And I know we know this, but let's think about what that child is. First of all, let's think about the birth of that child. Mary, as a virgin, had not known a man. 
Jesus had to come through a virgin. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. He could have no sin on him. It was only the blood of God. It was only the perfect sinless sacrifice. It was enough to make a sacrifice for our sins all down through the ages. Every human being on this earth, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There was only one sacrifice that could pay that penalty. God looked down on this earth and The Bible says over in Hebrews, it says, a body thou hast prepared for me. God couldn't come down into just anybody because he would be possessing someone. God created his own body. It says in John chapter 1, verse 14, God was manifest in the flesh and dwelt among us. And uh, over in Galatians, when we think about going all through time, when we think about Adam and Eve in the garden and the fall of man and God in his infinite wisdom knew what was going to take place and a plan was prepared, a plan was laid in place. You know, when we look back in our Bible and we read the prophecies and we look back with foreknowledge, we, we kind of see with foreknowledge because we're here and back here is when it takes place. When Adam and Eve take a bite of the fruit, they have no idea what's in store. They have no idea what, kind, what they play in the plan. When Moses is receiving the law from God with fear and trembling, the lightning on the mountain and the smoke and the clouds, and when the Israelites are coming out of Egypt, they don't see God's plan, but we look back and we see our deliverance. We see, yes, we see the historical where they come out of Egypt and where God provides for them, but we also see that picture that was painted with their lives That picture for us, as we look back, we see our own lives coming out of sin and crossing that River Jordan, accepting Christ as our Savior, and then walking and following Christ in this wilderness here on earth for 40 years. We see those things taking place. And Mary, in her part, she only knows that she's going to have the son of David, the son of God. It says he shall be, verse number 32, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. She knows from what the angel told her and you know we, we take these verses for granted. They happen in such a small period of time but imagine Mary in her part the anxiety that she may have felt. It doesn't tell us about it. She accepted what the Lord told her and she followed. But there she was. She was pregnant. She was a spouse to Joseph and she had to trust the Lord through every step of the way. She had to trust the Lord to take care of Joseph, to to set things right. And she followed the Lord. So all down through time, all these pictures and these portraits are painted with the lives and we look back and we take them for granted. But Galatians 4.4 4 says, but the, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The birth of Jesus Christ made possible 
our salvation, made possible for us to be sons of God. So when we look at that nativity, you know, it's a nice decoration. And every Christmas we're reminded to look at Jesus Christ, but look at what Jesus did for us. God manifest in the flesh. He didn't have to come down. He didn't have to humble himself. He didn't have to be in a position of weakness. But God chose Mary as a vessel to carry him, his son, his only begotten son. And he's God manifest in the flesh. And uh, so God needed a body. Otherwise, he would just be occupying someone else. It had to be a perfect, sinless body. Over in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And when he's talking about the high priest over in Hebrews, he begins talking about how Jesus is a better priest and uh, the, te- the heaven's a better tabernacle. But for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. Jesus came down on this earth and he walked sinless for 33 and a half years before he went to the cross. He followed, his parents followed the law. They were faithful to God, and he was sinless. Tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And over in Hebrews 10, 5, it said, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrificing, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. And then the Son of God was to be given a kingdom. And we, we see that his kingdom is yet to come. We're reading Revelation. We're studying Revelation on Tuesday night. I want to encourage you, if you hadn't made it, if you can't make it physically, to listen to it online. We've made it possible. It's good lessons, and it'll teach you some, it will teach you about Revelation. It's not me stumbling around. But I just want to encourage you all to show up for that. It was a plan laid down before time. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame with him in love. Now remember, Paul's talking to Christians here in the book of Ephesians. So when we were chosen before the foundation, it says, To the praise of the glory of of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Adam and Eve messed up in the Garden of Eden. There needed to be a perfect sacrifice to pay the way. And that plan was made before time. The Bible said Jesus was a word, the word was with God, the word was God. Without him was not anything made that was made. There in the beginning in Genesis when God said, let there be light, Jesus was right there. And that plan was put into place and goes all through time. And Jesus said, I will go. Look at uh, Luke chapter number two. Luke chapter number two. Mary, as she pondered Jesus, pondered how that son who would be born to her was the son of God. The Holy Spirit came on her. But then she learned something else about the son of God. 
It says in verse number seven, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And then pay attention to number 11 here. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We'll come back to that. But verse number 12, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. The shepherds, God made his announcement. To the lowliest of the low, humbly out there watching the sheep. And of all the people that God could have talked to, the Pharisees who knew the scripture, the scribes who had written the, few, the scripture, of all of the people, God chose to, show, to, to give the announcement to the shepherds that were out there in the field keeping the sheep. And you say, well, we know that, Brother Keith. These shepherds, they might not even understood what they were seeing. But the verse says in verse number 11, For unto you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is the Lord Christ. This plan that was laid down through time. They might not have understood what was happening, but God made it clear to them. They were allowed to see the heavenly choir of angels singing, and they were permitted to see the joy of heaven. All down through time. And I just want you to picture this with me. Adam and Eve, from the time that they were thrown out of the garden, from the time that the sacrifice was made and Cain killed Abel out of jealousy, as they saw man sin down through the ages, and they watched God. They didn't question, but they watched man. They watched the battles that took place. They watched as the priest went forth with the lamb, and they slew the lamb and shed the blood. And they said, there's no way that makes payment. The Lord said, it's just a covering. My son's going to come and deliver him. And they made those sacrifices and those offerings year after year. And they saw him go into the promised land and continue. And Solomon's temple go up. And they saw the sacrifices that were made. And they saw God's cloud come down on the temple and reside there and say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and Turn toward the temple. If they'll pray to me, then I'll deliver them. And they saw Israel and Judah 
turn repeatedly. They saw him split up, and they saw him turn away from God repeatedly. And God finally made judgment on them all through time. And they saw humble men of God that said, here I am, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Send me. They saw men on their face praying to God and asking forgiveness for their sins. They saw men who who turned to God in times of fear and times of need. And they saw the pain that men went through. And from time to time, God sent them with the angels, the heavenly host, to to fight the battles with them. They they, they, They saw Daniel. They saw the prophets speak to the people, but the people wouldn't turn. And they go into captivity. And they see them there year after year after year. And then the Bible says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Well, I'm going to throw this thing out of the window. That's too much. But in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made, of, made under the law. Let's just go to it. Galatians chapter number four. Galatians chapter number four, verse number four. It says, but when the fullness of time was come, and they saw all this take place. And I said, Lord, yet? And he said, not yet. The plan's in place. When the time's ready, I'll send him. And verse number four, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. We have Mary who's still under the law still requires a sacrifice. We see Mary going to the temple with Jesus and and making the sacrifices that were required to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Up until the time, Jesus changed everything. They were still under the law. They were still required to make the sacrifices day after day, year after year. And when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, that child that was born of Mary. Look at, uh, go back to Luke chapter number two. Verse 22. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. When you go back into the Old Testament and you see the law, you see that they were given a poor man's offering a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Remember, we're talking about Mary marking things in her heart and taking, pondering things. And she's been told by the angel, she's been confirmed by Elizabeth that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. The shepherds have come and they've given their announcement that he's the Savior and what they saw When the shepherds were in the field and that heavenly host, and that's what I was getting to, all that time bottled up down through the ages. Can you imagine the joy in the angels as they sang the announcement, 
finally, now is the time. Salvation has come to man. And that's what, that's the joy that the shepherds got to see there in the field. They were singing glory to God. So, back to verse number 26, and it was verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the Messiah, and the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. Simeon, there at the temple one day, for years, he had studied the scriptures, and he had heard tell of the Messiah, and he looked in the prophecies, and he saw a suffering servant, and he saw a conquering king, and he couldn't make sense of them. But he knew that God was going to send his Messiah to deliver Israel. He knew that God was going to send his Messiah to deliver his people. And Simeon had prayed down through the ages, Lord, if only I could see him. Lord, please let it be any day. You know, that's where we are in history. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. We see things going on around the world. I could, I could bring it up. I don't want to bring politics in. But we're getting closer and closer and closer. And we say, even so, come, Lord Jesus. We've been given a promise of a, of a rapture. And there's people who say, well, there is no rapture. But in chapter number four, from chapter number four on of Revelation, you don't see hide nor hair of the church. Until the bride comes. You, uh, we look for it. We know God's word says it. But even so, there's that, that little strain of doubt that nags at you. It's like, what are we going to have to go through? The Pharisees got some of it wrong. But I see Simeon. I take it back to Simeon. And he, he sees all the prophecies. And he sees the things that God said to his people in the Old Testament. And he says, Messiah's coming. Lord, please. I would like to see your Savior. I would like to see the Messiah one day. And then one day, Simeon's in the temple. And God, the Holy Spirit, taps him on the shoulder. Simeon, you remember what you were praying for? You see that young woman over there? You see that child in her arms? That's the salvation I prepared. And Simeon goes over there says, verse 26, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him, and Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And then it goes on to talk about Anna. Uh, it says, and there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Azur. 
And she was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. She was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Israel, in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city. Look at uh, Romans chapter 5, if you will. Romans chapter 5, verse number 8. When he talked about that sword that would pierce her own soul, I think he was talking about that day that she looked up. She saw her son. She saw the Son of God there on the cross, shedding his blood for our sins. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's our Savior. Romans 5, 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man, and that's Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. It says, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. So from the time of Moses on, sin was in the world, and Jesus died on the cross. Those who accept him have eternal life. We see our Savior. Next, we see our servant, a servant of God. Look at uh, Luke chapter number 2. And I'm just going to read this to you. In John 28, Jesus said unto them, when you have Lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. And as He spake these words, many believed on Him. Look at uh, verse number 42 in Luke chapter number 2. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it? He sought me. Wish you not that I must be about my father's business. I don't think Jesus wasted one day of that short life as he was here on this earth. His mother shows up at the temple and there, there Jesus is. He's talking to the, to the doctors, to the Pharisees, to those who know the Bible. And there's this young man, maybe 12 years old. And as he's talking to them, he's asking them questions. And he's making them think. And he tells his mother, wish you not 
that I must be about my father's business. Jesus was obedient even unto the death of the cross. Jesus, for 30 years, he was obedient to his father. You know, I thought about this. The Bible doesn't tell us a lot about Jesus' youth. It doesn't tell us a lot about, you know, there's not even a story about Joseph telling him to do something and him doing it or anything like that. It just kind of hits that time and these things that Mary marked in her heart. And I think it's because God wants you to know he doesn't want to waste any time in telling you what Jesus did for us, what Jesus did while he was on this earth. Everything that he did was structured to do his father's will. Everywhere that he went was to do his father's will. It says in uh, Philippians 2.8, it says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. All through those times, all through those years, as he was with the disciples and as he was teaching the disciples and he was teaching them humility when he put on the towel, when he was praying for the disciples, when he was healing people, all those things were following God's will. And when he got close to the end, he had told them, he said, my time has nearly come. And he told them the things that he wanted them to know. Abide in me and I shall abide in you. Abide in, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me. He tells them, as they persecuted me, so shall they persecute you. And he, he goes to the cross, he goes to the garden of Gethsemane. And this is what he's here for. This is the plan that was laid down all through the ages all through every sacrifice that took place there in the temple, all through every prayer that took place, all through every sin that took place in the eyes of God, this day had come and Jesus was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, a servant always doing the Father's will. And there he is on his knees, knowing the pain, knowing the suffering. I don't think it was just the physical pain. I think it was knowing that there was going to be separation. I think it was knowing that that sin was going to come on his shoulders. That sin that you and I have done, those sins that we've committed, that was being laid on his shoulder and he could feel it coming. And he said, Lord, as he sweat great drops of blood, he said, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. He said, nevertheless, not thy will, not my will, but thy will be done. And he was obedient to the cross, even as they stripped him naked and even as they spit on him and even as they led him, beat him. And I'm pointing all this out because as we go into the communion, we're to remember the Lord's death till he come. We remember his birth at Christmas time but we also remember his death. He's not just a little baby in a manger. He is our savior. He is our king. He is our priest. And he is our friend.